Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's 10.07 WTIC News Talk 1080. This is the Will Marotti Show. This is Will Marotti, your host. Matt Sorois, Master of Ceremonies, managing the program, taking your calls today, 860-522-9842. I promised uh, we would take a couple of calls. We've been waiting for a long time before we go to our specially scheduled guest. Let's go to West Hartford and Jan. Jan, welcome to the show. Oh, hi, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. I'll just make some very quick statements. I've been listening to Jonathan Turley, Laura Ingram, and Shannon Bream, who are just brilliant. Mm -hmm. And their take on it is the left is destroying our institutions very slowly. Mm -hmm. First, Mm -hmm. we get rid of the statues. Now, according to uh, Laura Ingram, there are nine justices, and each has four clerks. And she Mm -hmm. said it's a rigorous procedure to becoming a clerk. Mm -hmm. And she believes that um, that eventually the person who did this or persons may unmask themselves because the left is celebrating and all the news media has been celebrating this. Mm -hmm. This is an attempt to pressure our justices and to damage the court's uh, reputation. Really, it's an utter disgrace in how it was released, and it was brought about by very unscrupulous people to upend and destroy the court, and it strains the, supreme, the trust in our Supreme Court, mm-hmm. which is, has, you know, this is, it, it just is egregious what has been happening. And slowly but slowly, they're doing what they're doing. And I, I wonder if someone inside the court was working with someone outside the court yeah, to I, get I, this leak done. This, this was planned and calculated and it yes. absolutely was done by somebody on the left this would not hurt this would not help the pro-life cause at all to leak this oh, thing prematurely no. well so. i think one is to change the narrative and two is to filibuster to get that done and three to pack the court yeah. i think this is yeah. all in the plan yeah i i think you're 100 right jan thank you for yeah. okay. uh, your, your wisdom filled for- call thank you uh louise go ahead welcome to the show hi i agree with george and, you know, maybe some good can come from this, though, that more, more time to discuss this issue. And Christians especially need to fight against evil, and this is one of the worst. Abortion, you know, some people say, where does it say abortion in, in the Bible? No, but in, in a Didache, not specifically, in Didache, before the year 100, the, from the apostles, it says specifically, Thou shalt not, say, you shall not procure abortion. 
and you shall not destroy a newborn child, unquote. Direct abortion and infanticide were from the beginning placed on the same level mm-hmm. of malice. And the, the commandments were given not just for the Israelites. God gave them for the whole world. And one right. of them is thou right. shalt not kill. Right. I have a friend who has a great sweatshirt. It's white on black. It's black and white issue. It says, it's never okay to kill babies. Mm-hmm. I love it. And that's what, you know, even bring it to the States. So was, so was slavery, right? So we had a civil war. We're going to have people coming from one state to another to get an abortion. That's well, what it would be. Let's we'll hope have... we don't have another civil war over it. We don't want to see that many people killed. No, but we don't want to have, you know, abo- you know what, but, but murder is murder. Louise, I gotta, I've got to let you go because I've got a guest on hold, but uh, thank you for your call. Joining us now on the hotline, the former managing editor of the Journal Choir always has uh, great things to tell. And generally we talk about all things Connecticut, but I think I, think I want to tap into his wisdom about this big story that broke here. Uh, Chris Powell from uh, Journal Inquirer. Chris, welcome to the show. Oh, great to be with you again, Will. And uh, you were one of the many people that sent me emails or texts regarding this story. And, and I guess you have to say it's a blockbuster story from, from a journalistic standpoint. But clearly, um, this is something, and I'm reading the political article, uh, this, is, this is something, a, a rare, rare breach of Supreme Court protocol. Um, what do you think? Uh, it was this someone that was for abortion or against abortion that leaked this story? Well, you know, the, it's most probable that the leak came from someone who was opposed to the uh, decision and wanted to make trouble for the justices who were uh, inclined to support the decision, uh, wanted to uh, uh, rile up uh, the political left uh, against it. I mean, that's the probability. Uh, and on the other hand, you know, we... We don't know. Uh, you know, this could have been a, a total fluke as well. It could be from yeah. the uh, the brother-in-law of the Supreme Court's <laughs> printer who found it on, in the trash uh, barrel at uh, the print right? shop. I mean, you know, we, we we don't know, but the probability is 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 certainly a you know a malicious political act here. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Regardless about people's specific view on abortion i think what justice alito said about this is the fact that it was flawed out of the gate it really it really should be a state's issue and not a a federal mandate would you agree uh well I'll, i'll i'll say this the 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 Roe decision was a weak decision. Uh, even uh, an abortion supporter of like uh, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg questioned the Roe decision's uh, legal reasoning. Uh, there are many uh, abortion rights supporters who acknowledge that the Roe decision is very weak and questionable constitutional law. Uh, now the draft that is been been published uh, today. I think it makes a very strong case that the Roe decision was was weak and that there was uh, you know not uh, not good uh, good cause for it and that in really uh, the Constitution in the in the context of uh, of its time uh, showed that uh, the, the country largely uh, understood the right uh, of the states to criminalize abortion until. Uh, until the Roe decision came uh, came came about. Now, but you know, there's two issues here. One is the the legal issue. Uh, that is, what does the Constitution say? What does it require? How should the Constitution be construed? And then there's the totally separate issue of abortion policy. Uh, it depends. You know, which one do you want to argue? Do you want to argue 
abortion policy or do you want to argue constitutional law? I, mm-hmm. I, I cannot agree with the outrage of uh, the people uh, who were mad at the, uh, the draft decision because the, uh, the Roe case was weak and there, there's nothing wrong with overthrowing judicial precedent. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we, we've overthrown lots of Supreme Court sure. precedent sure. in this country over the years. Uh, people remember Dred Scott versus Sanford that said mm-hmm. a slave could never be or a black person could never be a, a, a citizen. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we overthrew that. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson back in 1896, which mm. legitimized uh, racial segregation in this country for right. for more than half of a century right. uh, until uh, Brown versus Board of Education and I guess 1954. There's mm-hmm. Lochner versus New York in uh, 1905, which uh, basically held that the, the Constitution prevented the federal government from regulating the economy in any in any way, and it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I guess 30 years before that precedent was overturned. So overturning precedent is there's nothing wrong with that, especially uh, if the 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 precedent is uh, is very bad. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know that certainly the Roe precedent is very questionable. And uh, you know the only people who are who are questioning the overturning of, of precedent here are, are abortion supporters. So I, I'm I'm just not persuaded by that. We can argue abortion all day, and you know I'm I'm not for uh, outlawing abortion entirely, but uh, there's two separate issues here, and and simply the overturning of precedent is is not a bad thing. No, no. I don't want to sound. I mean, I am very jaded, so I don't want to sound too skeptical. But I, is it is it possible? I mean, anything's possible, but I think it's possible that this could have been released now to energize the left, the progressive left, particularly because they know the Democrat ship is sinking in November and they needed something to, to slow down that decay. I'm wondering if, if this is this was a calculated plot more about the election than it is about abortion. Oh, that's a plausible suspicion, uh, Will. Uh, ab- absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, look, the, this, this leak of the decision is a, a real embarrassment and disgrace for the court. And I, that very well may have been uh, a motive here, too. How can we discredit the court in advance of this decision? Yeah, yeah. Well, either either way, it's uh, it's unfortunate and, and uh, hate the fact that it, it's taking place. Let's let's get back to some some local stuff here. You and I both agree that um, tax funded employees who are in unions should not be eligible for uh you know, binding arbitration and, and uh, negotiation with with unions and and, and governors and um, is there another is there another another possibility? I guess this is something you wrote a couple of days ago. Um, is there another possibility for arbitration? What else could we replace it with, Chris? Well, you know, I, I would you know repeal it completely because it, it compromises democracy. I mean, I'm. I'm much less concerned about the expense of uh, collective bargaining and binding arbitration for government employees than uh, than I am about its uh, its restriction on uh, democracy. It, it lowers the the whole public to equality with a uh, with a special interest uh, and a special interest uh, whose whose objectives are very much against the public interest. Now, our, our elected officials, on the whole, they love binding arbitration for government employees because it takes 
elected officials out of the biggest financial decisions of government yeah. uh, and lets, lets them escape the natural conflict between taxpayers on one hand and government employees on the other. That, that's mm-hmm. why binding arbitration was enacted in Connecticut, so, mm-hmm. so the politicians could just shrug and say, oh, there, there's nothing we can do about the major expense of government. It's, you know, the arbiters are going to de- de- decide this. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can't repeal it because of the, the cowardice of our, most of our elected officials, there, there could be another solution, and, and that would be to, to elect the arbiters. Uh, you know, you could have you could you could have a new state office, the office of the state arbiter, who'd have the power to determine the state government employee contracts, and you could have a, a municipal arbiter elected at the uh, at the town and city level, who would have similar power over the municipal government employee contracts. And so the, you know, the the mayors and the town council members and the state legislators and the governors could still pretend to be important. Uh, they would never have to get their their hands dirty, uh, you know, in the the major expense issue. But we'd find one person in every town and one person at the state level who'd be willing to make this decision and account for it uh, at uh, regular election periods. The town electors presumably would be elected every two years, or town town arbiters would be elected every uh, two years, and the state arbiter could be elected... Every four years, and then wow. the parties could could nominate uh, you know someone who is either the tool of the uh, the unions, or they could nominate someone who is more oriented toward the taxpayers. And the the decision here would be made by uh, by the voters. And if the voters wanted to to vote to have their pockets picked forever, they could do that. But at least they'd have the the opportunity to reassert public control over public finance. So I I suspect mm. that's the most uh, practical like method of changing mm-hmm. the system because uh, our, our elected officials will never want to take the responsibility. No. And, 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 and a rep, in a country with a representative government, Democratic Republic, as we have, that model more clearly matches the representative government form than, than what's happening right now. Uh, look, the, the compensation of government employees on the municipal level in Connecticut, typically uh, government employee compensation is 70%, sometimes more, of municipal budgets. On the, on, on the state level, uh, it probably approaches a third uh, of, uh, of state expense. And, and if you count the unfunded pension liabilities of state government right now, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's more than, well, more than 50%. Sure. Uh, now, you know, how, how come we're taking this huge, huge, uh, section of, of public finance out of the ordinary democratic process. Uh, you know, you know, back in, in in many years ago, Connecticut had a system of government that removed all the big financial decisions uh, of government from the democratic process, and you know, vested it in a single unelected authority. It was called monarchy, and we fought a revolution against yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, I I just um, I, I mean really who does it benefit ultimately other than the union leadership I don't know I mean obviously it benefits state employees you, you know get two and a half percent raise for four years and get thirty five hundred dollar bonus obviously that's money in your pocket but ultimately I think this this is a benefit of the of the unions and they and of course they're not going to want to relinquish control of that well, look gonna... the unions are politically organized they are mm-hmm. the army of the Democratic Party in in mm-hmm. Connecticut uh, I will guarantee you that uh, on election day in November, 
if you you know vote in person instead of by absentee ballot, mm-hmm. you will see when you go to your polling place a bunch of people standing around holding uh, campaign signs for the Democratic candidates, and many, if not most, of those people will be government employees taking one of their many, many discretionary paid days off yes. to politic for the Democratic Party. That, that's another benefit that, you know, they get that, you know, we don't get. And we know about their raises and, 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 and benefits and pensions and everything like that. But they also get an enormous number of discretionary paid mm-hmm. days off. And they use them to politic uh, for the uh, for the Democratic Party, they they use them to uh, to work in campaign headquarters. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, one hand washes the other here, and yeah. uh, you know that's that's you know their constitutional right to be involved in in politics. But uh, uh, and, and they get like everybody else. <laughs> well, they they get away with it, and they they get their way because they are organized, right. and right. and taxpayers are not. Taxpayers are ignorant, and uh, they're busy. Uh, they, uh, they're not given all this extra free paid time to politic as uh, the government employees are. And a lot, of folks, a lot of people just don't want to get involved anyway. I mean, they're just trying to take care of their family, earn a living. By the way, we haven't talked about this for a few weeks. Have you heard any more out of uh, Parents Against Stupid Stuff group? Not, uh, <laughs> not, not since uh, we last uh, talked yeah. about it. I, I had the impression from the guy who was uh, organizing it that yeah. Um, May was the target date for okay. getting a, an internet site up, and um, you know maybe doing some uh, commercials. Of course, for yeah. for me, they can't come soon oh, enough. Oh no, it could have happened last year. It wouldn't have been fast enough. All right, let's talk about one other issue if we can. I got a couple minutes here, and, and I and I totally agree. But I want to hear your perspective. And you're saying forget about student loan debt and finance nonprofits it might be a better better use of the money what what's your what's your thought process there chris well you know the uh, most of the student loan debt in the country contrary to the impression we're being given by news coverage uh is uh, the responsibility of people who are pretty well off financially um a lot of these people have gotten uh, student loans for you know, going into, you know, well-paid uh, careers. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, there are a lot of student loan debt uh, holders, uh, you know, who are, you know, not going to be much more than, uh, you know, telemarketers or retail clerks and not going to be making uh, millions like, uh, you know, doctors and lawyers and mm-hmm. uh, and, and tech people. But uh, the first problem I have with uh, forgiving student loan debt is that a lot of the forgiveness is going to go to people who don't need the the, mm. uh, the debt forgiven. Mm. Uh, you know, another objection I have to it is that uh, it really makes uh, you know fools of, of all the people who worked and saved and to put themselves through uh, through college. Uh, I suppose my biggest objection to the student loan thing is that student loans are not really subsidies. To students, they are subsidies to educators. They are driving up the cost mm. of higher education. Uh, they're forcing people, or they're inclining people to get credentials they really don't need to be a success financially out mm. in the world. Um, I just think it's on, on the whole, it's a racket that is driving up the cost of higher education uh, unnecessarily. Uh, and you know, probably last of all. Our educational problem in the United States is not higher education. It's lower education. Yes, we have yes. social promotion and, you know, failure in, 
you know, in the high school level, most kids now, even in Connecticut, never master high school math and English. And it's silly to worry about higher education when you have this comprehensive failure at the lower level. I couldn't. I, I love it every time I hear you say that, Chris, because that's really what people ignore, and that's really the source of the problem. If you fix elementary schools and middle schools and high schools, you don't have to worry about a, a lot of other things. Those problems will take care of themselves. As always, Chris Powell, thank you so much. Chris Powell, former managing editor of Journal Inquirer. Uh, we'll keep an eye closely on this abortion story, at least the leak of the story. And uh, thanks so much for, for being on the show again. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Will. Bye-bye. All right. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. More of your calls. Open phone lines for the rest of the show, 860-522-9842. We'd love to hear from you today. Love to talk about the abortion leak story or anything else that we've talked about or bring your own things. We've got, we've got a ton of other topics I could bring up. I don't want to bring up too much because they kind of get lost in the shovel. But we'll take uh, commercials here, uh, the news, and then we'll come back with your calls for the balance of the program right here on the Tuesday edition of the Will Marotti Show. WTIC News Talk 1080. Back to the Will Marotti Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back. 1037, uh, WTIC News Talk 1080. Um, change it up a little bit here. Uh, this is a story from C.T. Mir, and I, and I can say amen 100% to the story about the rising health care costs that weigh on Connecticut small businesses and not-for-profits. Um, and this from uh, Erica Phillips. Around this time each year, all volunteer personnel committee at the Unitarian Universalist Church in East in Manchester sits down with a broker to select employee health insurance for the fiscal next fiscal year. Only one of the church's six employees are on the plan, yet it costs 10% of the not-for-profit's annual $500,000 budget each year. The carrier rates have gone up, often by double-digit percentages, and, and I say amen to every bit of that. Um, a couple of years ago, we knew here at New Life uh, at church, at church we, we took out health insurance as part of benefits and, and pay package and just kept it as a separate line item. And oddly enough, it was the third largest line item in our entire budget was was healthcare costs. Now we've got a much l- larger organization, many more people on the plan, but still that's ridiculous. And it's probably worse now. I haven't done it in a few years. Um, no possible way the church could absorb the kind of increase there is in, in the premium, said committee chairwoman Vivian Carlson, recalling a recent year when US, UUSE's carrier was poised to raise its rates by 25%. We've had that happen. We've had a 25%. You know what the stupidest increases we were going to have? When Obamacare first came in, remember, that, and we're talking about Cadillac plans, plan, we had a, we had what would be considered a Cadillac plan for our employees. We got penalized. We got penalized because the health care we were offering was too good. Unbelievable. Um, reluctantly, the church switched carriers and dropped the deductible several times or up the deductible several times over the past year, enabling it to stay within budgetary constraints, creating confusion and higher costs for staff members. You know, here's the problem with churches, right? Or any any nonprofit, churches, private schools, the pay's not that great to begin with, right? We're not we're not able to compete with the the you know, uh, Google, you know, or Apple. We can't compete. So we have to count on other ways to take care of our employees other than just salary. And so benefits is a good way to do that. But when, you're, when your health care costs are so expensive, it's very difficult 
to use health care as a, as a bonus, as, a, as something to, to take care of your employees. We hear from employers every day, that, and this is from, the, again, ctamir.org, we hear from employers every day that providing health care for their employees is either the number one or number two expenditure, the biggest expenditure they have. It continues this at this rate. They won't be able to locate here. That's why so many people moving out of here again. Healthcare benefits gobble, gobble, gobble up larger shares of budgets. Small businesses and nonprofits are, tra- are forced to make trade-offs. So the, the Unitarian Church delayed hiring a part-time membership coordinated, coordinator. I, I can feel that. I understand your pain there. We don't have a big endowment. Amen. We don't either. We get our money from the members. Amen. That's how it works. They're very generous. We have, but we have to have another six grand every year for health insurance. It makes things difficult. Same thing. We have no endowment. We we've not been. I mean, I hope hope we do someday, maybe when I'm gone. But um, you know, we count what comes we count what comes in the boxes. We don't pass a, an offering basket. We have boxes on the wall, and what comes in those boxes? That's, we live off of what comes in, right? You have to. That's it. We can't raise. They're not the state. I can't tell you the we're, the, the tides increasing to eleven point five percent. I wish we could, but. Doesn't work that way. So, can you relate to that? Are you are you are you in a non not necessarily a church, but are you in a nonprofit organization, and you're finding that healthcare rates are just crushing your ability to to uh, make a budget that really fits your mission? Because don't forget, if if we're spending more money in healthcare, for us, I mean, that means we're giving out less food at our food pantry. You you can make that direct correlation. Or if we're spending more money in healthcare, it means we're not going to be able to offer the same kind of benefits that we offer at our school. You know, the government has no restraint. They just spend the money. It doesn't matter. Something goes up, they just spend it anyway. They just throw it out there anyway because they, they know they're not accountable to anybody. They're taking our tax dollars and use it for whatever they want. But it's not, that's not so in a, in a small business or a not-for-profit. If you take it from somewhere, you've got you've got to eliminate something else. And uh, it's hard. It's hard. I, I live it every day. Very hard. Jill McDonald Halsey, spokesperson for the Connecticut Hospital Association, said that hospitals support the state's effort in limiting the annual growth of health care costs. The initiative passed by Executive Order two years ago, known as the Healthcare Cost Growth Benchmark, she attributed rising costs to the care of several factors, including labor, the pandemic, inflation the inadequate state and federal payments for Medicare patients and Husky plan patients. Well, I don't know. I, I, I just think, I think it's out of control. I think it's been out of control for a long time. And I think largely it's out of control because we let it be out of control. There needs to be more competition. You should be able to, you should be able to, I, I, I feel like you should be able to shop healthcare insurance and you should be able to quit and sign into a new one anytime you want. Forget about the enrollment nonsense the Obamacare enrollment dates. You should be able to do whatever you want to do. If I don't like the service or the amount that I'm paying for insurance X over here, I should be able to shop it, drop them, shop it, drop it, and sign up with somebody else to save money for my for my business or my employees. Um, what do you think? Give me. Are you involved in a small business or a not-for-profit that you're you're experiencing very much? that crush of increased health care premiums 
happens to everybody every year. We we just we just changed again. We changed a few years ago, and we just changed this year to a new plan. Why? Because we're getting tanked. You get less coverage. They want more money for it. It's just horrible, horrible. And so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to do everything we can to, to watch every penny. 860-522-9842. There's that. There's this story. You know, did you know there's one disease that had almost an 80% surge this year globally? Really? And it's not COVID? Nope. No, not COVID. Nope. Not cancer. Nope. Had an 80% surge this year. What? What is that disease, I wonder? Let's go to uh, Bridgeport and Larry. Larry, welcome to the show. Hi, Pastor. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you really have a great show. I enjoy it. Um, I get a lot out of it listening to you. So you. Um, just a quick comment, if I could. Um, this leak at the Supreme Court really is an attack on our institutions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny how the progressive liberals talk about January 6th and people like Pelosi gets up there or uh, President Biden gets up there and talks about January 6th being an attack on our institutions and our mm -hmm. government. I look at this as being no different, okay? Um, if you're a clerk and you're working for the Supreme Court, you take an oath about confidentiality, and obviously this was leaked by someone who's progressive liberal, yeah. who wants to discredit the court, uh -huh. and again, it's so political. I hope they catch the person. I guess from what I've read, whoever, whoever this is, is going to be uh, disbarred for life from ever practicing law in the United States. So Yeah, but that's okay, because CNN will pick them up as a paid contributor. I'm no, sure so. they will. They'll, they'll praise them. Oh, I mean, they'll be just, heroes. Heroes. Yeah, just just listen to to Deloro and our uh, who's the guy there, the the chief lawyer in the state, um, Tang or what's his oh, name? Oh, William Tong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're they're all they talk about is women losing the right to abortion. Mm -hmm. Okay, that might be true in some states, some extreme right wing states. Okay, I get it. However, the the bigger issue here is if the conserv if the liberals are consistent, they would say it's an attack on an institution in our government. But yeah. they don't say that because it doesn't fit their narrative. Right. So right. be consistent, liberals and Democrats. You know, look at Tim from Hamden. I mean, is he going to argue? Which way is he going to argue? Is he going to argue it's an attack on an institution or is he going to say, you know, uh, it's justified. I'd be very interested to hear yeah, what he I don't, said. I don't know. I, I, I think Tim would be actually surprising. I think Tim, Tim would think this is wrong to, to leak this out. I really do. It's wrong. And think about it. It's the only part of our government where there hasn't been a leak right. in my lifetime. Right, right. It's, it's, it's unprecedented. No, it's, 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 it's very it's rare, sad. extremely rare that it happens. And but again, this is how they play. This is how they play. They don't care about rules. They don't care about precedent. They don't care about tradition. Only when it fits their narrative. They, today, exactly. Like January sixth. Yeah, it's, exactly. Change the name of the crazy. football team, but but don't That's spare the babies. Larry, thank you. Thank, thank you for your call. I appreciate it. That was quite a juxtaposition, wasn't it? Change change the name of the football team, but let the babies be killed. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. Let's take a commercial break, Matt. A couple commercials, pay some bills. And uh, we'll come up and we'll set up for the Between Rounds Bagel last caller of the day.
when we return right here on the Tuesday edition of the Will Morati Show. We'll be right back. This is local radio, the Will Morati Show on WTIC News Talk 1080. All right, welcome back. 10.52. Thank you, guys. Good calls today. Thanks for all the amens. Matt, as always, good job. We're going to set up now for the Between Rounds Bagel Last Caller of the Day. Got open phone lines, 860-522-9842. like to see those fill up before we go any farther. Here's a, a disease that's gone up 80% worldwide. Guess what it is? Cancer? No. Flu? Isn't it interesting that flu essentially disappeared from the planet for two years and now it's making a robust comeback? How is that? I mean, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that's possible. Or, or is it perhaps so many of the COVID cases were mislabeled as flu cases were mislabeled as COVID cases? I don't know, just saying. Not that I don't trust <laughs> what's been going on in the country. Measles, they've had a, an 80% surge worldwide, says the United Nations. It's the canary in the coal mine. Cor- coronavirus pandemic has interrupted vaccination, vaccination campaigns for non-COVID-related diseases around the world, creating a perfect storm. Put millions of children's lives at risk. More than 17,300 cases of measles were reported globally in February and January compared to just 9,600 during the same months the prior year. Oh, it's just a big spike. Oh, man, a big spike. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Measles is what we call the tracer, the tracer or the canary in coal mine because it really shows us where the weaknesses are in immunizations. Yellow fever, making a big comeback. Gosh. Unbelievable. The UN says that of the 57 vaccination campaigns, 43 countries postponed the start of them because of COVID, affecting about 203 million people. Hmm. Measles, of course, is a disease caused by a virus that attacks mainly children. But there are serious complications. It can include blindness, brain swelling, diarrhea, severe respiratory infections. Oh, sounds like COVID uh, Stop. Stop. COVID vaccinations. Um, all right, let's go here. Calls coming in, 860-522-9842. We're going to talk about uh, setting up for the, the the wonderful, wonderful Between Rounds Bagel Deli and Bakery located in Manchester, South Windsor, Vernon, Tallinn. Absolutely delicious, delicious bagels. We love them so much. Let's go to uh, Enfield and Stanley. Hi, Stanley. Welcome to the show. Good morning. Um, just wanted to comment on the uh, the leaked uh, Supreme Court uh, papers regarding abortion. Mm-hmm. This is deliberately, I believe, done mm-hmm. to enhance the Democrats' chances in the fall 
it takes a lot of current uh, issues off the table as far as inflation, cost, the cost of gasoline, so forth, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. uh, and bring, gives them the potential of a major issue that could overshadow the others. Mm. And uh, I think it'll be uh, more inspiring to getting all the Democrats out to vote who would have probably stayed home uh, uh, based on, you know, they're all being told the Republicans are going to regain House and, Senate, and the House and the Senate seats, you know? Mm-hmm. So well, it really I, neutralizes I be all the other negatives. They are, they're very tricky people, right? So that I wouldn't be surprised at all if this was a Democrat uh, operative mission to, to slow down the damage because of Biden's feckless they, behavior. Uh, they have more to gain than the Republicans do. Yes, yes. That's what it boils down yeah, to. Yeah, without a doubt. I think you're 100% right. Stanley, thank you. Uh, okay. Thank you for Bye. your call. I appreciate it. And now for the last caller of the day, the Between Round Bagel, last caller of the day, we'll go to Karen in Southington. Karen, welcome to the program. Congratulations. Hi, Pastor Rowe. Thanks so much. Um, I wanted to just comment on health insurance. I do not disagree at all about the rising cost of health insurance, the out-of-pocket and deductibles that employees are paying, but... I'm just going to give you a scenario. The prices in procedures and hospitals, et cetera, are going up. I was had a yeah. procedure yesterday, and Harper Hospital wasted no time, weeks in advance, emailing me what my out-of-pocket was going to be and actually asking if I wanted to pay it up front and getting phone calls um, it also asking the same questions. And I said, no, I'm not going to pay this up front, especially wow. if something changes or I don't even go in. You've got this money from me and my information on a credit card, but it's getting to be um, even even difficult for um, not only businesses to pay it out, but for the patients to be accepting all of this as yeah. well through yeah. all the different carriers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I mean, the whole system is is needing uh repair and the whole system is needing some some kind of oversight uh i don't i don't know what that means and what it includes but it really is it really is out of hand karen i'm gonna put you on hold thanks for your call i'm gonna put you on hold matt's gonna take your name and mail you your wonderful between rounds bagel gift certificate all right hang on don't don't leave all right hey guys that's it i'm out of time thank you so much for your calls thank you for your amens thank you matt great job as always tomorrow is wednesday which means it's all Caller Wednesday. I'm going to have a unique challenge for you tomorrow, which we'll talk about when the show comes on. In the meantime, enjoy your day. God bless you guys. I love you, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.